Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Wow, hard to believe. 2024. Man. Anyway, how many of you started 2024? Be honest, you're in church. It's a whole brand new year. You can be honest. How many of you started 2024 honestly with maybe a New Year's resolution because there's something you're hoping to change? How many didn't even bother because you've been there, done that? Good. Good. For those of you that did, how's it going? If it's going good, congratulations because you'd be an exception. Because they did a study of over 40 million people. 40 million people, and you know what they found out? This is Inc. Magazine. In their study of over 40 million people, they found that the vast majority of us quit our New Year's resolutions by the second Friday in January. So for those of you that said, I did it, and you're doing pretty good, you got till Friday. (laughs) If you're like most of us. If you're taking notes, that's your first fill-in. So if you're already behind, you're behind. I can't help that. But can we just be honest? Some of you made them but you've been there and you've done that. A lot of us, we didn't even make them because we've been there and we've done that and we had good intentions, but we've learned by past history that our good intentions don't get it done. And so why even bother? And that's, that's really sad, but that's kind of the reality, right? Because you know what we've already learned from the past years? Come the end of 2024, you're still going to weigh more than you wanted to weigh. You're still, if you've had a spending problem, you're still going to spend more than you make. You're still going to probably yell at your kids. Your husband probably is going to act like he's already acting. Your wife is going to act like she's already been acting. Aren't you glad you're here for encouragement today? But seriously, I want to talk today, and in this series that we're beginning today, Inside Out, I want to talk to those of you who really want to change. Those of you that really do look at your life and say, I really do want to change. I just don't really know how. You're even ashamed maybe that you haven't changed because you've tried so many times. But here you are. There's a guy in the New Testament wrote most of the, much of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul. He understands what it's like to want to change and to try to do the right thing, but you find that you're not doing the right thing. In Romans chapter 7, I find comfort in these words. He says, I don't really understand myself. For what I want to do, I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. I want to do what's, I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. Oh, what a miserable person I am. How many of you say, I could have wrote that? We can relate, right? Here's the Apostle Paul. A great man of God that struggled with the same things we struggle with. I want to change. I want to do the right thing, but I'm not doing the right thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing, but I find myself doing the wrong thing. I mean, I set the goals. Some of you are saying, I made the goals. I set a plan. I even bought a brand new planner. Spent hundreds of dollars on the newest workout clothes. Did everything. (laughs) And here I am. You have the right intentions like many, many others, like 40 million other people, according to Inc. Magazine. But unfortunately, what I would suggest is that you have the right intentions, but you have the wrong strategy. You have the right intentions, but the wrong strategy. And I believe by the end of today, even though we're just setting a foundation today, you're going to be so encouraged 
to the possibility of change like you've never experienced it before. We're trying to change, but I think we've been going about it the wrong way. And so here's what I want to do in this new series of Inside Out. We're going to talk about mastering the habits that matter the most. Can we just agree that all the habits that you and I have, some matter more than others? They just do. Some have bigger life implications than others do. And so we're going to talk about and look into God's word of how do you really experience change in the areas that really matter. And so we're going to build a foundation. Next week, we're going to add to that foundation. And then for the other three or four weeks, we're really going to go places with that. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Here's what we know about change. Real change, and this is so important, real change isn't behavior modification. Real change is not behavior modification. It's not just changing your behavior. That's what many of us have tried to do and failed. Real change is spiritual transformation. Real change is spiritual transformation. It's not behavior modification, and there's a big, big difference. Behavior modification often has to do with changing what I do on the outside. Spiritual transformation is allowing God to begin to change me from the inside out thus inside out. And that's why the Apostle Paul said this in Romans chapter 7. I'm trying to do what's right, but I can't. I I don't want to do what's wrong, but I'm finding I'm doing it wrong. And then he asked a question. He said, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Who is it that's going to free me from this crazy pattern of trying and failing, trying and failing? And here's what he said, thank God. Thank God the answer is not in my effort. It's not in outward behavior. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's not behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. I want to share with you three things that are pretty amazing when you really think about it. Because I think you'll, you'll find that we fall into these. Two of these behaviors are wrong and one works. There are three big ideas that we're going to cover. There's three mistakes that... Not just Christians, but people adopt Christians more than non because of who we are. But one is correct. The other two are incorrect. If you're taking notes, fill this in. The first wrong mindset, yet many people believe it when it comes to change. Many of us believe that it's God than me. Okay? There's a mindset that's wrong. Many of us believe it, though. It's like it's God than me. In other words, he draws me to him. He uses his grace, his love, his mercy. I give my life to him. He gives me eternal life. And then he kind of backs off and says, I did my part. Now it's all you. That's the God then me. So God did his part. He saved me by his grace. He brings me into his family. And then he said, here you go. Good luck. Some people, we've adopted that. We really believe that. But that's a wrong mindset. That's not correct. There's another mindset that's not correct. And that is not, it's God, not me. (laughs) How does that one work? Well, that's like, hey, you know what? It's God. It's not me. You know what? God, I hate my job. So I'm just going to quit my job. And hey, you better find me another one. Because it's you. (laughs) Anybody try that? How'd that work for you? See, that's a wrong mindset. It sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Hey, God, it's, it's not me. It's on you. I gave my life to you. Now do it. So it's not God, then me. That's wrong. It's not God, not me. It's actually God through me. It's God through me. 
Everybody say, God through me. God through me. That's what it is. You want to know how you have lasting change? It's not behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. It's God through me. That's how lasting change happens, which is why New Year's resolutions don't typically work till the past, the second Friday of January, because we're doing it all on our effort. We think we can just change our behavior. I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit later. So I want to show you how the Apostle Paul recognized this amazing principle. And he's the guy who said, I'm trying to change, but I can't. I don't want to do this, but I find myself doing it again. Anybody ever done that? I'll never do that again. Never go there, never do that again. And here you are. Some of you don't even have to think back very far. I want to show you how he processes this in writing. And this is what Paul said, and I love this. I love his humility and his dependence on God. For I am the least of the apostles, he said. This is like the same Paul that wrote most of the New Testament. I'm the le like the least of the apostles. And he says, based on my qualifications and all my sin, I rank low. I'm not very good. I'm the least of the apostles. He was saying, I don't really even deserve to be called an apostle because he said, listen, I've done bad things. Paul, before he gave his life to Christ, killed Christians. So he's looking at what he knows about himself, and he's saying, listen, I don't measure up, but watch this. Not by my talent, not by my education, and not by my good works, and not by my effort, but by what? By the grace of God. He realized all that he was able to do was but by the grace of God. It wasn't all because of him. It wasn't because of behavior modification. What I want to show you this, if you're taking notes, flip over your note sheet and you'll get this one. The same grace that saves you is the same grace that changes you. Paul finally figured out the same grace that God used to save him was the same grace that Paul needed to be changed. It wasn't by his effort, although he was willing to put in some effort. He was willing to put in a lot of effort, but he realized all of his behavior modification, all of his effort and commitment wasn't enough because it's an inside-out job. It's not behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. Look at what he says in verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And watch this. And his grace was not without effect. In other words, it, it didn't, his grace had an effect on me. It's like it did not, not have an effect. But because of his grace, because of his power in me, and notice he goes on and says, no, I worked harder than all of them. And he did. <laughs> he got up earlier. He stayed up later. He started more churches. He, he preached more ferociously. He was more committed probably than all the apostles put together. I worked harder than all of them. Yet, not I, but it was the grace of God that was with The power of lasting change is not behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. It's about God working through me. It's an inside-out job. It's God working through us. It's His power in us, working through us, that brings about lasting change, which is why many of us struggle like Paul, and we really haven't changed. We want to. But we keep going back to where we were before. So you say, okay, so preacher guy, what's that look like on Monday? 
When, by the way, Michigan's playing for a national championship tomorrow. Just, I don't know if you realize that. But what about Monday? How does it work for me when I want to eat three bags of chips? When I want to go into work tomorrow and yell at my boss? When I don't want to act like I've been acting, what do I do then? If real change is God working through me, what does that look like in real life? That's a great question. I want you to pay really close attention because I'm about to give you a secret that I don't want you to miss. For change to be spiritual transformation, you might want to write this down. It's not on your notes. For change to be spiritual transformation, you ready for this? It's got to be spiritual. For change to be spiritual transformation, it has to be spiritual. It can't just be man-made. And so here's what's going to happen. In 12 months, we're going to roll out a new year. And you're going to say, many of you are going to look back on this first Sunday of 2024, and you're going to say, man, I wanted to change. I really did. I really thought this was going to be my year to get in shape to lose the weight, to spend more time with God, to spend more time serving God, to grow in my worship with God. But if you don't focus on it from a spiritual way, it's not going to happen. So what I want to challenge you to do and show you how to do is to add a spiritual why and a spiritual how to where you're wanting to change. So you, wanna, you need a spiritual why and you need a spiritual how. Your spiritual why, if you're taking notes, your spiritual why is God's purpose for you. Your spiritual why is God's purpose for you. Your spiritual how is God's power through you. Okay? It's not your effort. It's not just your effort. It's not your behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. And if it's going to be spiritual transformation, it's got to be spiritual. So I have to put a spiritual why and a spiritual how to have lasting change. So you know how you get that little notification? I don't know. At least I do. I use an iPad quite a bit for email and different things. And so every week, it gives me an update. It says, this is how many hours you spent on me this week. Sometimes you're going, no way. And you're like, man, why would I do that? Why would I want to spend so much time on my phone? Why would I want to spend so much time on my iPad? What you need to do is say, no, I need to get a spiritual reason. Well, one of the things that we know about God is that God is love. One of the greatest challenges he has for you and I as followers is what? To love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others. If I'm to love others, and I'm to love God, and I'm spending 92 hours a week on my iPad, I need a spiritual why to turn that thing off some more. 
Because I'm not being very loving to God or to other people if I've got something stuck in my face all the time, right? If you're chasing people on Facebook all the time or Instagram or Twitter or TikTok, are you being that loving? And the answer is no. So your spiritual why is, is listen, I want to be more loving. That's why I'm going to shut this thing down because I want to be more like him. That's a spiritual why. Now you've got a spiritual component, not just to say, I'm going to cut down on spending so much time. I want to get better at my money. Why? Because I'm tired of being broke. That's an answer. Not a bad reason. But what if you had a spiritual reason? Not long ago, we talked about being stewards. And if you understand as a follower of Christ, even if you're not, you're a steward. You're not an owner. You're a manager of everything that God puts in your hands. And everything you have in your hands, he's put there. He made your brain, your hands, your abilities. So if my spiritual why, if I want to get better with money, it's because I put a spiritual why to it because I'm not an owner. I'm a manager. I don't own a thing. It's all his. And I want to manage his stuff in a way that matches his values. It's not just for me. I want to be generous. I want to be a giver. I want, to, I want to invest in the things that God would have me to invest in, which is other people, to hear about him. Do you see the difference that a spiritual why makes? If you had a spiritual why to some of your goals and you make it spiritual and not just behavior modification, you can actually see lasting change. What about a spiritual how? I love Zechariah 4, 6 when the Old Testament prophet says, it's not by might, it's not by my willpower, here you go, but it's by what? It's by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. When God is working through me, through his spirit, it's not me, but it's his grace through me. It's not my power, it's his power that I'm tapping into. It's a spiritual thing. When God's spirit is working through you, Paul said, it's not me, but it's his grace through me. That's when Paul was able to see some lasting change. It was not behavior modification. It was spiritual transformation. One of the things I like to do, especially in the spring and summer and fall, um, is ride a bike outdoors. And sometimes I'm riding trails. Sometimes we'll go to a crazy place where you're dodging trees all the time. I've got some friends that are always trying to ruin me and crash me up against a tree. But anyway, we do that occasionally. And listen, when I ride, I'm pretty competitive. I don't know if you know that about me, but I'm pretty competitive. And so when I go riding by myself, my wife will often say, you're supposed to enjoy that. And I'm like, mm, eh, I can't really enjoy it, especially if people pass me on the trail. That's not enjoyable to me. So I have to ride pretty fast. Well, the older you get, right, the more competitive you got to be because there's younger people out there doing what you do, right? And so every time she'd be like, holy cow, you're back quick. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I was like a minute faster than I was last time. I passed this many people. And for me, it's like when I get onto the trails, I look behind me. When I get on a new trail, I look behind me. And if I can see somebody, it's my goal that they cannot pass me. That's just my deal. If I see somebody way ahead of me, it's my goal to pass them. Sometime, I hope, don't you get off the trail before I pass you. I'm going to hunt you down. That's, that, I, got, I got a sick mind, but that's what goes through my mind. Anyway, this past fall, I got a new bike. And so, man, it was like I was clicking. I was clicking. I was clicking. I was making better times and making better times and making better times. And I was on the trail that day, and I looked behind me, and nobody was there. And then I got all the way to the end of the trail, and I turned around, and nobody was right there. 
And then I go about a mile down the road, and all of a sudden, this guy flies by me. And I was ticked. I'm like, where did he come from? <laughs> and then I'm watching him as he's passing me, and he's starting to go. And I'm thinking, I'm pedaling harder than he's pedaling. This isn't fair. There's no way that guy is that fast. And then finally, about another two miles up, I saw him stopped, and I realized why. He had an e-bike. Now, I didn't want an e-bike because I want to do it myself, right? Because I want to do it for exercise. I'm not bagging on anybody that's got an e-bike. But you know what I found out? I did a little research. For what you do, you get four times the power from your pedaling with an e-bike. So this guy had four times the power that I had, and I was pedaling my little hiney off, and yet he blew past me. I don't know where he came from, but then I realized they'll go 30 miles an hour. And I'm like, okay, I got you. Listen, there's no comparison between you operating off of your power and God's power working through you for change. I don't care how committed you are. I don't care how disciplined you are. You're never going to do what God can do through you. It's not behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. And let me just tell you, that, that is so key. That is so key. Because, listen, let me tell you a little bit more about me, not that you want to know. But when I was a kid growing up, I could eat all day long, all night, anything I wanted. I couldn't gain a pound. Could not gain a pound. I remember my mom buying me slim jeans, slim pants, and having to bunch them in the back to keep them on, right? I never struggled. I never saw how people could struggle with weight. It's like, what the heck's the big deal? And I got my 20. I was in the Air Force. No problem. 20s, 25, 30, 35, 40. By the time I got to 40, all of a sudden, I started gaining some weight. And I'm like, what in the heck is this? And so then I'd do my behavior modification, right? I'd work out more, whatever. And I've been pretty active all through my life. But then I'd go through seasons. I'm kind of an all-or-nothing person. And for the first time in my life, I had to think about what I was eating. Because, you know, there's certain times, like, I didn't want just, like, one little Debbie. I wanted, like, six. Right? Why would you eat one cinnamon roll if there's six on the plate? I mean, why? <laughs> and I never had to worry about what I was eating. And so pretty soon, right, then I have kids. And I was going back and looking through some photos, and I saw, holy cow, my kids, when they get older, I, I remember, I think my daughter, I, it could have been my son, but I think it was my daughter, said, Dad, you got a dad bod. I'm like, what the heck's a dad bod? And then I looked it up, and I'm like, no, I prefer father figure. <laughs> but anyway, and so since then, I've been on this roller coaster because I get real aggressive, and I work out a lot, and then I trim back down, and then I'm like, okay, I got it. And I'm not, I had to realize my body isn't the same that it used to be. My metabolism isn't what it used to be. And so now I fight this thing, right? And then so I'm looking at that, and I'm like, okay, it's 2024. What the heck am I going to do? Well, I need a spiritual why. And then all I had to do is remind myself of a sermon series that we just did about managers, about being stewards. And I'm like, God, listen, how can I be so stupid? This body is not my own. You gave it to me. I only have one. And your word says that my body is a temple that you live in. So why would I trash a temple that you live in? Why would I just dump anything in because I want it rather than having a spiritual why that, God, you put me here for a season and you got work for me to do. Why would I do anything that could cause that time to be shorter than you want it to be? 
And there's some things out of my control. There's things out of your control. But there's things within our control. Remember, it's not just God. Then me. It's all on me. It's not just God. It's God through me. A spiritual why. A spiritual how. What do you want to change? I mean, if the truth were known, what is it that you want to change? Maybe you want to overcome an addiction. That's true for most people at some point in their life. Maybe you want to get more organized. Maybe you want to spend more time in God's Word. We challenged you with that last week. Maybe you want to pray more with your spouse. What's your spiritual why? And with the help of Jesus working through you, I will overcome this addiction because I'm not a slave to any sin. But by the power of Jesus, I can be set free. It's a spiritual why. I want to get more organized. God is a God of order. Did you realize that? Who put the solar system in place? That if we were just a fraction further away from the sun, we would freeze. If we were a little closer, we'd burn up. Who did that? God did that. He's a God of order. I want to pray more with my wife. And if you recall, we did a series about God being my number one and my spouse is my two. And if I want to get closer with number one, I need to spend time with my two pursuing the one. There's a spiritual why. Your first assignment for this year is look at what you want to change and develop a spiritual why. Tie it back to God's word. Here's why. Here's why we need to be better at money because we're stewards. Here's why I need to treat my body better because it's a temple. And realize it's not behavior modification, spiritual transformation. It's God's power through me. A statement that I'm working on, that I'm adopting, that's becoming more and more meaningful to me, it's on your notes. It says this, I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. You might say, I can't say that because I'm not disciplined. Neither am I. That's why I'm saying it. Because I can't do that on my own. By my nature, I'm not that disciplined. There's certain things I'm disciplined in, but as a whole, I'm not that disciplined. But I'm committing myself to, I am disciplined. Because Christ in me, working through me, is stronger than my desires to do the wrong things. That was Paul's secret. He started to figure out that it wasn't by his might and by his power, but it was God's power in him and working through him. So how does that apply to you? You're tempted to look at things that you shouldn't be looking at. What if you made a covenant with your eyes to say, I'm not going to look lustfully anymore. As soon as I, my eyes start to go there, I'm turning them away. God, I'm trusting you to work through me to give me your power to do this. His spirit will remind you. It will prompt you so you can walk away. And God says, I'll always give you a way out. That's a spiritual why. No matter what you're tempted by, God will always give you a way out. He promises that. So you've got your spiritual why. You've got your spiritual how. You're tempted to lose your temper with your kids. I know that probably doesn't happen to anybody here. And, and then you remember when you're doing it again, no, 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 no. 
I want to lead my children by example. I want to be a witness of what it's like to follow Christ. I want them to follow him, and so I want to lead them correctly. I want to build a legacy that they would want to follow. That's your spiritual why. What's your how? I have available to me through my relationship with Christ the power of his spirit. I have the fruits of the spirit because I know him. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control. They're available. They're fruits of me getting more like him, spending more time like him. That's my how. I need to spend more time in God's word, learning more of who he is because that's how it's going to become more of me. It's not God, then me. It's not just God. It's all up to you, buddy. It's God through me. Don't miss this. If you change your behavior, but you don't change your heart, the behavior will come back. You get that? If you change your behavior, but you don't change your heart, you don't have a spiritual transformation, the behavior's coming back. That's why I look and I see a roller coaster in areas of my life I've been struggling with for years because I was just trying behavior modification. I was trying my own discipline. Trying to just do it my way and gut through it, and it lasts for a while. And as soon as I let go, as soon as I let my guard down a little bit, I'm back on the other path. Paul said that was him. You see, because for years, you know what I'd say? I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. That's the wrong thing. That's behavior modification. Spiritual transformation is not I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm trusting. I'm trusting you. Oh, it's not just you, God. I'm not just backing off and say, okay, I want to treat my body like a temple, God, so don't bring any sweets around me. God through me. My body's a temple. I don't want to trash it. How I'm going to set some boundaries. How, how I'm not going to put that stuff in my grocery cart. Real and lasting change is a reflection of God's power working through me. You and I as Christians have the ability to change, but it's not through behavior modification. It's through spiritual transformation. So if you're sick of being stuck, if you're really sick of being stuck, I got really good news for you. There's a power outside of you that lives in you as a believer that has the power to change. Why haven't you? You've tried. You still work too much. You've tried. You've bought all the exercise clothes. You're still overweight. Some of you already said, it's going to be bikini season pretty soon. Probably ought to take the clothes off of the workout bike. Start working out on it, you know, because bikini, it's coming. Got to look good. (laughs) You're still spending money on things you don't need. You're still wasting your time on things that won't last and don't really make that much of a difference. Why do you still do that? There's a lot of sub-reasons, and we're going to talk about quite a few of them in this series. 
But there's a primary reason. And the primary reason that you're still stuck and that I'm still stuck is a spiritual problem. We're driving behavior modification instead of spiritual transformation. So fill this in if you're taking notes. It's your last fill-in. Why is it that you haven't changed? It's because in most cases, not in every case, so don't email me. You're trying to meet a need in your life. In most cases, you're trying to meet a need in your life or you're trying to relieve a hurt in your life with something besides God's grace. You're trying to do it on your own. You're trying to relieve a hurt your way, the world's way. You're trying to meet a need in your life the world's way through some other book instead of God's grace. And that's why the same apostle Paul who said, I want to do the right thing, but I'm not doing the right thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing, but I'm doing the wrong thing. He says, I'm not good enough. But God's grace on me was not without effect. It changed me, he said. And yet I still do everything, but it's not me. It's God's grace through me. He grabbed hold of the secret that it's God's power through him. And you and I will either tap into that power and let God start to work inside out of us through his spirit, through us, or we'll do it our own way. And you'll buy the app. You'll buy more of those clothes. And you'll jump on the latest fad. Last year it was pickleball. I don't know what it's going to be this year. And some of you have just given up and you just said, I just am not disciplined. I don't have what it takes. God says, my power, my power works best in weakness. You see, when we're weak, then he's strong. But he wants us to invite him in and to trust him to work through us. So Paul said, I'm all the more glad to boast about my weakness. You are when you realize when you're weak, he's strong. So that the power of Christ can work through me. It's not God, then me. It's not God, not me. It's God through me. God through me. And through me. And through me. So if you had an area, maybe several areas you've been struggling with, you're almost ashamed to even talk about it. To even tell people you've even tried because you failed so much. This can be your year because you can do it differently. You need a different strategy. It's not that your intentions were bad. You've just been working the wrong strategy. When I'm made weak, in my weakness, he is made strong. And if you mess up, and you will, remember, his grace serves, his grace saves, and his grace changes, and his grace forgives, and his grace strengthens because it's not about my behavior modification. It's about spiritual transformation because Jesus didn't come to make us better. He came to rescue us and to save us and to change us and to set us free. And who the Son sets free, the Bible said, is free in
you want to change? It's Christ through you. That's how it happens.